Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You have tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk, and I'm your host, Todd Huff. It's a pleasure, pleasure always to be here, and especially, I don't know, I say especially, but maybe especially this time of year, you reflect on things, and uh, at least I do, and I don't know, I just, uh, I feel gratitude and just I'm, I'm i'm thankful i'm thankful for you our advertisers freedom 95 and it is a pleasure to be here email as always todd at com. you can send your questions and feedback there and i want to start today you know i want to start with andrew cuomo you may have seen by now that Andrew Cuomo, former governor of the state of New York, has been ordered to give back, you ready for this, $5.1 million, $5.1 million, picturing, uh, what's the guy, Austin, is that Austin Powers? $5.1 million, anyway, that he made off of a COVID-19 book that, (laughs) this is the headline in the Rolling Stone, uh, that he made off a, ho- a COVID-19 book he didn't write, which that's not necessarily uncommon. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but ghostwriting is uh, not necessarily, it's, it's pretty regular um, for, for folks like, like Cuomo. But what I want to talk about today is not so much this. Well, I, I just want to use this as, as, a, as one of the bookends, and I want to go back in time. So the bookend, you know, the and the the timeline where I want to make the little mark is today or yesterday uh, when this um, when this ruling was made, which was handed down by the Joint Commission on Public Ethics in the state of New York. So I want to mark that point on our timeline, which today, yesterday, what have you, and then I want to go back in time. I want to go back in time to the end, well, the beginning of 2020, the beginning of COVID. I want to go back in time to the point where the Democrats were, like they are today, in disarray, a different type of disarray, but they they were in disarray because they did not know who they were going to have as their presidential nominee or their vice presidential nominee. Nominee. They had, it seemed like, 64 people up there that were all saying the same ridiculous things. None of these folks uh, overly inspiring. None of these folks incredibly likable. There wasn't a Bill Clinton type up there. There wasn't uh, a Barack Obama. I'm talking about personality and style and things that the superficial left likes to look for. They were stuck. They had no candidate. And... After the South Carolina primaries, when Biden snuck out a victory there, 
we've gone through this countless times, but the powers, you know, the powers uh, running the Democrat Party got together. They had a physical meeting or a conference call or a Zoom. I'm guessing, you know what, they probably they might have met in person. I think this was back before we were not allowed to see people or touch people. Uh, but that doesn't stop Democrats anyway. They violate their own mask policies all the time. We had another example of that, just a couple of examples here in the past few days. Anyway, so they got together, they made that decision, and I can almost see the look of disbelief on these radical leftist faces as they made this decision, as they said to themselves, oh my goodness, we're really betting the house on Joe Biden. That was what they decided to do. So I want to take us back to that point in time, the beginning of COVID, which was also the beginning, so to speak, of the Democrat primary process coming together. And why do I want to take us back there? Because I, I, wanted, I want to demonstrate something for you that I think should be quite instructive for anyone who's paying attention to any number of issues today. And that, that is the, well, I guess you would say the fall of Andrew Cuomo. And even, even the fall of his brother, Chris Cuomo, which all these things are now interconnected, which by extension we can now also say, at least to some degree, is the extent of the, I don't want to say the fall of CNN, because they, in order for something to be the, a fall, you've got to be elevated to begin with. The stumble, maybe, of CNN. They didn't have very far to go. But all these things are interconnected. You go back, I don't know, not quite two years, let's say 20 months ago, Andrew Cuomo was literally, I mean, he was literally writing a book Literally writing the book, the book that this commission, is it a commission? Yeah, Joint Commission on Public Ethics. No word if they have a blue ribbon or not. But this joint commission is ordering Cuomo, governor, former Governor Cuomo, to give the proceeds of the book that he wrote, which, which of course, was written, I guess, by, I don't know if it was written completely by a ghostwriter in conjunction, whatever. But the point is, he was ordered to give this money back from a book that he wrote that was designed to basically tell the world how a modern political genius is able to navigate something as complicated and as difficult as COVID-19. And he was the poster child. Remember this? I mean, this was back... Folks, there are so many things that when we start to sink our roots, sink our teeth, maybe I should say, sink our teeth into a particular issue and, and start to, to chew on it. But this was before we knew what Governor Cuomo was doing with people uh, pertaining to COVID-19 and nursing homes when he was sending folks back that was causing the disease to spread rapidly and killing large numbers of people in nursing homes. New York City was the, the mecca of everything wrong with how to handle COVID, COVID-19. But still, Governor Andrew Cuomo writes a book titled American Crisis, Leadership Lessons. I kid you not. Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. 
I remember commenting on this at the time. I remember finding this beyond belief, even for the radicals out there today. I found this just preposterous that anyone would want to read anything written by a guy who arguably managed the COVID crisis as poorly as anyone in government. Remember, it was cool. It was in vogue. It was acceptable. It was even encouraged and, candidly, I would say demanded that people at the time criticize President Trump for his handling of COVID. And and Cuomo, whose state was a disaster, in part because because COVID-19 is a virus. We didn't know how to deal with it. We were learning so many things. People were scared and all these, just a whole bunch of things happened. It's not all the government's fault. They did, however, make decisions that were directly responsible in the case of Cuomo for the death of people. Then they tried to cover that up. Remember this? I mean, they they tried to, to hide the numbers from the media. They didn't want him to be held accountable. They didn't want, I guess, this book to look like a joke, which now it does. The advance he was, I think he was given a $3 million advance, $5.1 million in total. I'm ballparking this here. Now this commission says he's got to give the, the, uh, the proceeds back. He has been, uh, he's resigned. He's been accused of, was it 11 counts, I think, of sexual, I don't, sexual misconduct, let's say. Um, he's facing an indictment. Right? This has all happened since this point in time that I had you mark mentally on your calendar, say February of or March of twenty twenty. We're not even, like I said, a year we're a little past a year a year and a half past that point in time. But remember, there were people I want to read you some of these headlines. I want to read you some of these headlines of how people were fawning and just adoring Andrew Cuomo back in the day. April 10th, 2020. Headline here, New York Post. Democrats want to drop Joe Biden for Andrew Cuomo. Poll finds. The national poll found 56% of Democrats preferred Cuomo, 44% wanting to stick with presumptive nominee Biden. Think about that. National polling, April of 2020, Cuomo wasn't even on the on the ticket. Cuomo's out there writing books and telling us how to save citizens from COVID-19, meanwhile being the architect of policies that may have been directly, it appears, I mean, seems to me, to be directly responsible at least for um, people in nursing homes, the deaths of people there, and then they covered it up. That's one Headline of where we were back in April of 2020. Here's another one, uh, another one from the Inquirer. Headline: Dems can't have the one thing they desperately need—a presidential do-over. Now what? They wanted a do-over because they were so behind Andrew Cuomo. They thought this is the guy. You know, we we only wished that we had him on the ticket. We only wished that he was running for president of the United States. Here's a piece written. Um, at abcnews.com draft Cuomo 2020 groundswell emerges amid the New York governor's coronavirus response 
That was dated March 31st, 2020. So people at the time were coming up with slogans, probably, I don't know if this was the hashtag or not, very well may have been, Draft Cuomo 2020. Because again, as I've said all along, and as you know, nobody wanted Biden. They just didn't want Trump. Nobody, even the Democrat Party uh, power brokers did not want Biden. They just did not want the alternative. They didn't want Bernie. They weren't prepared to go straight socialist. They didn't want Trump, and they thought Biden was their best bet. And so did the voters, apparently, at the time. Now we've got, what's he got, 36%, 30 terrible approval numbers. Nothing is going right whatsoever. Unmitigated disaster in this country, ushered in 100% by Democratic policies. But again, we're looking backwards, looking back at time, looking at the time of spring of 2020. Here is IBTimes.com. Most Democrats want Andrew Cuomo over Joe Biden. I mean, this goes on and on and on. Headline after headline after headline. All of these, here's another one. Here's something that did not, (laughs) here's something from Newsday.com written by a gentleman named James LaRocca. Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, but headline here, this is an opinion piece, commentary, DNC should go with Cuomo for president. Oops. But ironically, if he would have written at the time, DNC should go with Biden for president, I still would say oops to that as well. I don't know who they should have picked. My point is in all this, my point is in all this, when when the dust settles on these sorts of things, right, at the time, at the time to many uh, Democrats and leftists, they were hopeless because their candidates were terrible. They didn't like Biden. They hated Trump. They were terrified of Trump. The media had them worked into a frenzy thinking that Trump was going to march the uh, you know, the, the military end to Washington, D.C. and establish him as king over this nation or whatever. Fascism, whatever they thought, whatever they think these things are, whoever they think, you know, qualifies as a fascist, as a totalitarian. I mean, th- their views on these things are very peculiar, to say the least. I would say incredibly insane. But this is what I'm what I'm saying is we should apply this lesson the fall of Andrew Cuomo. We should apply it to all these other issues that we're facing today. Because I think the model is this. There's some sort of an emotional trigger. And the emotional trigger was Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo at the time, somehow has convinced people that he knows how to stop COVID and protect people from COVID. And he's written a book on it. And he's just showing us wonderful things. This guy's got it all together. We're going to be safe because of him. This guy's going to unite the country, unite the Democrat Party. He's going to win in a landslide. This is what we need for America. This is the guy that can beat Trump. This is one New Yorker against another, blah, blah, blah. Right? And the emotion, the hope. I'm reminded back when Obama ran. His entire campaign was was titled Hope and Change, 2008. And that sounds the hope part. I'm all I'm all on board with the idea of hope. Now, not his idea of hope, because he hopes for change that's in the antithesis of the Constitution, and that 
goes in direct opposition to truth as we, well, truth on planet Earth. But it's the change part. I mean, I, I remember at the time thinking, not all change is good, right? I mean, there can be bad changes. An NFL team can replace their quarterback who's struggling only to put in a quarterback who does worse than the previous quarterback or hire fire one head coach and put a coach in that's even worse than that head coach or any number. Your favorite sitcom or reality show can be placed by something, replaced by something that could be better, but it also could be worse. Change is not guaranteed to be better or worse. Change is just something different, but the differences can be better or worse. The differences that the Democrat Party, that Joe Biden, that AOC, that Nancy Pelosi, that Chuck Schumer preach for this country or tell us that we need to do next, raising, by the way, the debt limit, $2.5 trillion, that's a change from the norm. But is it good? Absolutely not. It's not good. James Clyburn, third most ranking member in the House of Representatives, Democrat, out there telling us that the House of Representatives, or the Senate, I should say, is going to find a way, find a way around the filibuster to pass the For the People Act, the For the People Act, this massive change to voting in America today. And, of course, that's very important to Democrats because they know this next election that's coming up is going to be a shellacking unless they can somehow take it over and work their little magical fingers on this sucker and produce results that are um, much more appealing to them. But this should serve, again, as a people get caught up in the moment this is why as i said i think yesterday i don't like to be to give immediate analysis of something that happened five seconds ago because we don't know all the information right but i've been around long enough to know when i see like the story of cuomo coming together back in 2020 it was obvious that i mean i didn't know all the stuff about nursing homes but it was clear that it was just an opportunity they saw to promote a guy to try to do something favorable for Democrats when in reality we knew that the story, whatever it was, was much worse than what we were being told. Now, maybe not to this degree. Maybe not to this degree, but we knew it wasn't what they were telling us. We simply, we always know that. And how many people who were clamoring for Andrew Cuomo for president in 2020 are secretly thinking, because I say secretly because these folks will never admit it in public, but are secretly thinking, man, I'm glad that guy's not our president. By the way, how many people in 2020 voted for Joseph R. Biden for president and are now telling us, man, I wish that guy wasn't our president? We've cited a Zogby poll from back in September that said 20%, 2-0, of people who voted for Biden regret their vote. This is, this is the problem when you have a, an ideology that's rooted in emotion and feeling and talking points, and there's no there, there. It's just like the latest trend, the latest wave. Everyone jumps on board, and suddenly, because it's not built upon things that are good, 
It doesn't involve a person of character. It collapses. And when it collapses, it collapses in a mighty, mighty way. That's what happened with Governor Andrew Cuomo. He's brought with him uh, his brother, Chris, uh, tough guy, I should say, tough guy, Chris Cuomo. I don't know what Don Lemon's going to do over there. I saw him talking to Brian Stelter the other day. He's running out of CNN people to talk to because CNN is imploding. CNN is imploding against its own uh, morally bankrupt culture, ideology, and behavior. But this is there's a lesson here to be to be seen, and usually, almost always, the truth is is that what we're being told by the media about a particular idea, a policy, a court decision, something happening in Washington D.C., particular politician, whatever is never, it, it almost never is what they tell us at first, ever. And this is a, an extreme example of what happens when the wheels come completely off, as they have with Governor Andrew, former Governor Andrew Cuomo. Quick time out, my friends. Got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. back my friends so i want to shift gears here a little bit actually i got to set this up for next the next segment here and that is um a story that well there's actually a couple i think i want to start here with something i've already mentioned and then move on to the other thing that i want to get to but i mentioned last segment that James Clyburn predicts, this is at Axios.com, James Clyburn predicts Dems will get around, in quotations, filibuster on voting rights. Filibuster on voting rights. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that as it pertains to, um, well, we've got this... Uh, Debt limit that has just been raised, $2.5 trillion is how much. Think about that. Well, it's got to go to the House, but the House is going to pass this. This was passed by the Senate, and because of a temporary change to the rules, the Republicans, 14 of them, 14 Republicans signed on to the idea that they would temporarily suspend the filibuster for one one vote to raise the debt ceiling, and this is all politics. So Republicans think that by doing that, they can go back to their voters and say, these jokers, and and look, I don't disagree. They are jokers. These jokers want to raise our credit limit, basically, $2.5 trillion with a T. And that gets that puts us at spending limits. I, I read this maybe in this article um, at the end of I think it's at the end of 2023. So this should go away for what is that? Maybe a couple of years. Who I mean, if you believe that. But keep in mind what it means. It means that they are anticipating the debt going up approximately two and a half trillion dollars 
in the next two. So that's a trillion, a trillion dollars or so every every year. And Republicans say, let's you know, not a single Republican voted for the. It was fifty forty nine in the Senate, and Kamala didn't have to break the tie because she was um, one of the Republican senators was not present to vote, so no tiebreaker was needed. Fifty Democrats voted to raise the debt limit. Forty nine Republicans voted against it. No Republicans voted for it. So now, now the the battle lines have been drawn, and of course this is. This is the part of the process that I candidly kind of despise sometimes because it's all about optics. People, Republicans want to go back and say Democrats raised the spending limit $2.5 trillion or the debt ceiling. Our, America's ability to, to go into debt. They've, they've basically in, increased our credit line $2.5 trillion over the next, as I understand it, a couple of years. But the, the thing is, why, why were they allowed to do that? Well, because 14 Republicans thought it would be wise to suspend the filibuster. Now, I got to say, what really concerns me about this is if you suspend the filibuster for one thing, oh boy, I think you've opened up the door here for some really, really bad things to come. And when I read this headline, again, at Axios.com, Clyburn, this is James... Clyburn, Jim Clyburn, Democrat from the state of South Carolina, House Majority Whip. He predicts, the headline says, Democrats will get around filibuster on voting rights. So Republicans, think about how many times Republicans are outmaneuvered by Democrats. There's some intern in Chuck Schumer's office right now who's probably found 19 ways that no one even knew before that you could step around the filibuster and they are going to be prepared to push this down the American people's throat. And folks, I'm telling you, it is the Democrats' only hope in 2022. The, the, I, don't, I think it's already baked in. People, people have made up their minds. Democrats are headed for a shellacking in November of 2022. They unequivocally know this. They know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. In fact, if you look at some of the Biden is already starting to distance himself from some of the radicals, uh, the the squad and so forth. Elon Omar has a, uh, what, Islamophobia bill that the Biden administration is kind of hedging against, trying to not uh, sound as crazy and radical as some of the radicals sound, because they know what's coming. Now, Biden's not on the ticket, but Biden has survived in D.C. for half a century. And the only way he's done that is by knowing how to play the game, like Nancy Pelosi, like Chuck Schumer, like the rest. And so when I see headlines like this, and I realize what Republican senators just did when this debt ceiling was was raised, it concerns me. It concerns me because, again, it's the only way. It's the only way that good things happen. I mean, short of something else... Major, which again, in this day and era, this day and age, who knows what can happen another another year? But I think a lot of this is already baked in. People have seen Democrats; they know who they. Well, a lot of people have learned who they are. They should have known it already, but they didn't. And that's where we are. But people have seen the economy 
go in the tank. People have seen just our market, just trying to get into a restaurant, trying to order something and have it delivered or pick up something um, for Chris, as a Christmas gift or, or, or whatever. People have seen this. It is disastrous, and they know who to blame. But if Democrats can somehow get this voting rights bill, voting rights bill, they act as though people don't have the right to, Republicans are keeping people from, this is so patently stupid. So patently stupid. Republicans are not keeping any person from voting. If you can't find the time to vote when early voting is open in most states for weeks before the election, folks, I have to say you don't have an interest in voting. You don't have an interest. I mean, what else can we do? I I hesitate to ask because the Democrats will tell us and they'll tell us pass this voting rights bill, so-called voting rights bill, um, voter fraud bill, you could say, and see what happens. Anyway, wanted to talk about that, wanted to put that out there. This is an important thing to keep in mind, and I had to tell, explain what happened with the filibuster here with the raising of the debt limit to kind of say now we've set precedent Don't be surprised if Democrats find that if you do it once in a particular Congress, it suddenly can be used a second and a third time as well. And that could be the suspension of the filibuster that the the Democrats just decide to unilaterally do. And they'll tell us, with the help of the media, why that's allowed, or they'll find some little caveat or, or exception to the rule. Be ready for it. We know what's coming. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I need to apologize for last segment. Last segment, I was talking to Oz, and I didn't even hear the music until it started fading out. I barely got back in time before the music completely faded <laughs> faded out. I was don't even know what we were talking about back here. Anyway, by the way, friends, program brought to you in part by Kill a Dent Removal. If you have a vehicle that has been damaged in a hailstorm, maybe it's got dings in just from being in the parking lot, and not not just dings. I mean, sometimes big dents can be removed using the paintless dent repair uh, system used by Kill a Dent Removal. They've got some of the very best technicians and some of the very best equipment lighting i mean it is an art these guys are good check them out killadentremoval.com be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the todd huff show so i want to talk here about something else that's happened in washington dc you may have heard jen saki talking about this recently the republic okay so the build back better bill um, you might remember there were games that have been played with this. Games that have been played to this. The, the left has all sorts of uh, just a radical leftist wish list that's in this thing, and they keep adding services and just uh, entitlements to this bill. But they knew that they couldn't get the price tag too large or it would really be damaging for certain people um, who were possibly even up for re-election. And so what happened is they 
when the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, when it calculates how much something, a piece of legislation is going to cost, they use over a period, they use a time frame of 10 years. And so what the Democrats did was they said, hey, let's not make these things long lasting. Let's cut these down so that they're not 10 years. And so the total bill seems less. Uh, but actually, if you look at what the expense might be over one year, it could even be higher than, than it would have been over, say, 10 because it makes it sound less expensive. And the thinking here by the Democrats is what Reagan pointed out when he was president, which is that any entitlement, any government program, I think there was, there's been one example of something that the uh, has been done away with. And I think that, that, was, that was all done in the sequester. If you remember, if you remember how nasty that was to have, I can't even remember what it was, but one, uh, basically one thing was uh, cut or something. And that, we had this whole fight over sequester. People acted like the government was about to collapse because we were going to cut something or cut spending or what have you. Anyway, um, but these things just are not, they don't go away, right? The idea is you get people hooked, the Democrats' idea, you get them hooked, then you say, hey, Republicans are here to take away XYZ program, I'm trying to take care of you, man, you vote for them, they're going to do away with it, I'll extend it. That's how the campaign would look. People say, man, I, you know, I need I need that. I depend on that federal handout or this entitlement or whatever. And so what may have passed for just a couple of years suddenly becomes something that goes on uh, forever, and there's no end in sight, making the original CBO estimates wrong. So the Republicans said, why don't you score it like you normally score it? Why don't we look at the cost over 10 Full years, and the White House is saying this is fake. This isn't even, this isn't even what we are dealing with here. This is nothing. Sorry, I got a sound coming into my headphones there. Anyway, so the the White House says, "Hey, this isn't even a real bill. They're making up fake bills, fake news, all this kind of stuff." And the Republicans are saying, "No, we just want people to see what it really costs." Turns out, it's going to cost if these things are extended. $3 trillion. I think that's the price tag, $3 trillion. And so now this puts pressure on Joe Manchin, who's given lots of indications he may not support this. So Democrats, after fighting for this, basically for all, the one thing that they really wanted to do, this and their For the People Act, their takeover of elections, have, have stalled, thankfully, and they may still continue to do that. But I wanted to explain that really quickly and share that with you quick time out my friends listening to conservative not better talk back here in just a minute welcome back my friends so really quickly here really quickly as we're getting here to the end of the program if you remember Biden and Saki and all the Democrats, all these folks that, well, were cheering Cuomo on, as we talked about at the top of the program a year ago, telling us all the wonderful things uh, that, that Cuomo was doing. Of course, now the 
the reality, the truth is known. It's right there for anyone who wants to see. Same thing, same thing. You give these things enough time, enough light of day, the bill that they told us was going to pay for itself. I, I just, it didn't cost anything. Remember, <laughs> this bill, Jen Psaki, I remember her telling telling the reporters this. I remember um, Biden saying this. It doesn't cost anything. It pays for itself. It pays for itself. Well, how does it do that? How does it not cost anything? Let's send it to the CBO and see what they say. If these programs are made permanent, which that's an important distinction. They're not as of the current piece of legislation, but they certainly could be. Right, that's that's the honest balancer. I'll tell you that they're not made permanent in this bill. They won't tell you that they have every intention of making them permanent, and they do. So anyway, CBO calculates this and says three trillion dollar bill. Biden says zero. They <laughs> Biden literally says zero. Biden, Saki, they've done the math. Probably Bernie Sanders. They've called him in with his funky calculator. Add this up, Bernie. What do you got? Zero. It pays for itself. Perfect. Zero dollars. CBO looks at this and says three trillion with the T. Right? Thousand every every you know three commas or excuse me, three zeros is thousand, then million after the next three, then billion, then trillion. Right? It's a lot of zeros. A lot of difference between three trillion and zero. But this is what the left tells us. But yet reality will make itself known sooner or later. They are not telling us the truth. Quick time out, my friends, back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Waning moments of the program. I know the most emotionally distraught you will be all week. That's just going to have to get through it, pull together, but also know that there is podcasts of this show that you can listen by, listen to by going to toddfshow.com slash podcast. I want to say here in closing... In closing, that Shepherd Community's Christmas store is going on. It was going to be happening, I guess I should say, next week. But they're looking for gifts now. And you can find out what they're looking for by visiting shepherdcommunity.org slash Christmas Hope. Folks, I really mean this. This is a cla- – I, I think it's a, a – something that needs to be replicated around this country class act shepherdcommunity.org slash christmas hope to see what you can do i will be there next monday from noon to two hope to see you there folks sdg see you monday or see you tomorrow take care yeah.